We're going to be continuing in uh, this year's Advent series, God bringing the light of the world, Jesus Christ, into the world. And for that, I will read to us a little bit of out of the book of John this morning. But we will be in many places as we go through this. So this is John chapter 8, starting in verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. And Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one, yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. Let's ask for the father's help this morning. Father, we pray that your spirit would come. He would give Strength to us to see and to know and to hear. And Father, that you'd give faithfulness to my mouth to proclaim the truth. We pray this in the name of your good son, Jesus. Amen. There are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of passages of Scripture dealing with the light of life, the lamp of God, and many other sorts of things uh, along these lines. And... When we think about what the light of life is, who Christ was, is, and will be forever continuously, um, it's good that he called himself the light of the world. Uh, We see in many different ways that unless we see clearly, we will not go in paths that are good. Even right here in this passage in John, Jesus repeatedly says to the Pharisees, you don't know me, you don't know the Father. If you did know the Father, you would know me, and if you knew me, you would know the Father, and you would know that our testimonies are in agreement, and I am the light of the world. That the problem was they just couldn't see. Over and over again in Jesus' ministries, ministry, he heals blind people. Lots of famously blind people he heals, right? There's, there's a man born blind that is healed in John chapter 9. And he goes proclaiming the goodness and gets in trouble from the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they say, who healed you? And he says, I don't know. And they go get his parents and bring him to the temple. There's this big ordeal. And Jesus says, hey, go and sin no more. And then there's the famous guy who Jesus smears some stuff on his eyes. And he says, can you see? And he says, I can see a little bit. Like people walking around like trees. And then Jesus cleanses his eyes again and he can see clearly. And over and over, there are lots of, lots of miracles where Jesus opens the eyes of the blind. And he doesn't just open their eyes physically, 
He opens many of their eyes spiritually so that they can see what he is saying the Pharisees cannot. One of the most important things to know about ourselves, if John Calvin is any scholar or knowledgeable man, he says true knowledge consists in two things, the knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves. And in these two things, all things else belong. The knowledge of ourself. We tend to think until we are shown differently that we always see clearly. We are very, very sure of it. In fact, one of the problems that people have is if they never actually go to an eye doctor and realize how blind they are, they will think that everybody sees the world just like they do. They will think, well, nobody can read that street sign until they get this close to it because that's just how the world works. They will think that, no, you can't actually see the leaves on a tree until you pick one up from the ground and look at it individually. You can't tell that there are leaves when you look at a tree. All kinds of things like that actually are told. Now that's different. And then, until your eyes are opened to that truth, you don't think that you can't see. One of the things that often happens to people is they will be told, you'll be able to see that. And they go, whatever. And they ignore you. And then they don't get their eyes checked. They don't get things figured out. And then years go by. And then they finally to go to a doctor. And the doctor goes, shh, 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 shh. You know, that noise. And they go, Do you, this is number one, shh, shh, or number two. And all of a sudden they go, oh, wow, number two. What in the world? Are you telling me that people could see that that's an E and not a B from 20 feet away? That's incredible. He's shown their eyes actually had to be They trusted their eyes. They thought that what they saw was clear. And it's so bad to get a license because people are so enamored with their own truth, the fact that their eyes work just like everybody else's, they have to be told by an eye exam at the BMV that, oh my goodness, you can't see. You can't be out there with a 5,000, 10,000 pound vehicle around at 60 miles an hour when you can't see the end of your street. You're going to kill somebody. But until that moment, People are going, well, I see just fine. I should be able to get a license. And the BMV says, no, actually, you don't. But the BMV is not a diagnostic tool to fix things. They can't make you see clearly. They can't fix the problem. They can just go, you can't have a license. Sorry. you got to get that fixed. Uh, my eyes, I don't know if it's still true, but my eyes haven't changed much in the last 20 years. And for a long time, I could have... I was in my 20s. Uh, do the thing, and uh, I w- I said, well, if you wear glasses, it's actually marked on your license. Like you have to wear glasses, and if you're not wearing your glasses, you can be ticketed and fined because it's illegal. For- This is, you know, 15 years ago. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to take my glasses off because I never go anywhere without my glasses anyway. And there might come a point where I won't be able to see as good as I can now. And so, yeah, I'm going to leave my glasses on. You can put, I think it's an A or something or a B or something on the back of your license. says you've got to wear glasses. 
Well, God, in many ways, does very much the same thing. Except for he's not talking about your physical eyes, he's talking about your spiritual eyes. And he over and over and over and over and over and over in his word says, you don't see. You don't see clearly. You can't see the path. You don't know the way. You will stumble. You will fall. You'll fall off the mountain. I, right? But its end is death. He thinks he sees clearly the path. Obvious, anyone with two eyes can see it. And he walks off a cliff and dies. Over and over. Jeremiah being the clearest example. Who knows the heart of a man? It is deceitful and wicked above all things. We think that we, in and of ourselves, have the ability to figure out everything in life. And the older we get, the more common this problem becomes. We think it's a problem that little kids have, right? So my kids, and we have some teenagers in the church. There's always this kind of trope that teenagers think they know everything, you know, and they, you know, they're just, they won't listen to their parents. But did you know that we're all like that? All of us, even as adults, think, I see it correctly, nobody else does. You can see this at your workplaces. You can see this with your family. You can see this with your friends. Chief conversations is, well, I don't know why they wouldn't just do this. It would fix the whole thing. This is how we work oftentimes, right? So our boss, who gets paid more than us and is over the top of us, we think, if only he could see correctly, he would be able to fix it. Manifest. Uh, and it doesn't matter. If problem. It's a problem of pride. It's a problem of darkness. And it's a problem that Scripture speaks to repeatedly. And it's a problem that we have to know. Otherwise, it will never be fixed. If we don't know we are blind in need of help, we will not go to the healer, the one who can fix it. And so that is the first thing we have to come to grips with. Humble enough to admit that we do not see rightly. And even if we are a Christian, our eyes still, much like the blind man who saw things walking around his trees, we have to continually be removing the calluses over our eyes. They get built up. You begin to get tunnel vision about certain things in life. And you think, well, you know, if this thing got cleared up, then everything would be fine in that particular area. And so we must know our own eyes, our own heart, and we must know them we left Christians would dependent from new birth conception until get to a certain point and go, oh, don't worry. I'm going to make it on my own. happens to that we're always and forever dependent on God keeping our eyes open to the things He would have us do. 
And one of the things that springs out of this, so if now we're to the point we... He has shown us that He can actually do the most impossible thing. Virtual. That then of course we're going to ask the only one who can do it for help. We ought to be very dependent keep our eyes open and on the path. Read the Psalms, you will see this sort of thing all the time. God, keep me. No help me. This is forever the panting cry of the psalmist. He knew that he would stumble and that he needed a shepherd to keep him. We ought to pray the same way he prayed. But even in our praying, we stumble. Because this is how we normally think of how God might answer our prayers for keeping us in the way. It means no disaster, no difficulty, no trauma will touch us. And yet, going back just a few verses in James, this is chapter 1, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various produces steadfast perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So if you make the prayer for wisdom, trials, which lead Because by praying for our steadfastness, a group of who came out of Egypt,
God for a couple hundred them. That wasn't their prayer. They didn't pray going, relieve us from the and then test words. Would you be so kind to do that for us? Would you relieve this great burden and then bring us through 40 years of desert where everyone dies? Would, would that be, please, the answer you would give to us? I would really like to be set free from my chains so that I could die in the desert 20 years later. Please give that to me. That's not how the, Egypt, that's not how the Israelites prayed. But it is the answer that God gave to them. And by that 40 years perfected the people of Israel so they might conquer the land and inhabit it. And so that he might be shown to be the fulfiller of all his promises. They inhabited the land. And God fulfilled every one of his promises. That's in like Joshua chapter 22 or 24. There was nothing that God promised that he did not fulfill to the Israelites. After how many years? Everyone that was in Egypt thought, how kind of grumbling, moaning about it, a little bitter about the fact that they're now three days in the desert and don't have anything to eat. But they were mostly sort of kind of happy that God was answering their prayer for relief. We expect God to answer our prayers much differently today. We need to be humble enough to realize we don't know the way and that will lead us to prayer and we ought not to expect that the way will be easy on the other side as though the path of righteousness has no burden to bear. Christ himself over and over gave us many reasons not to think that including if any man would come and follow me he must pick up and come after cross in the Roman world, and why would you pick it up in the morning? You picked up a cross to carry it to your death. Every day. That's what he says. You want to follow me? Come die. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Death, as we all know, is never pleasant. This is how we see God answer prayer, though. In of the Scripture. Lock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herds in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. It only has to do with just being... moment they are going to kill themselves by running into something. It looks nuts. There's very scattered sort of running. Hop here, hop there, through the 
He hit one with a great a buck with a great big set of antlers, and you think, how does that guy not hang himself every three jumps on a Well, the deep like a deer on Have a bad life, get from doors in an outhouse. And they think that they have something and what they refuse God has been kind to them. And Christ is the only light. We un- become unblind to the world. must
Bible is full of commands that to actually do. 